What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome to a very special presentation of Action Movie Anatomy here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We're talking about the 100 films covered on Action Movie Anatomy, ranking all 100 of them in reverse order, and doing our end of the 100 awards, guys. We have given out actual awards like the ESPYs, but for sweet movies. Hang out with us, guys. We're going to break the whole thing down for you. You'll see in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! <laughs> Every time, it never gets old. It never gets old. This song will Ha-ha. always make me excited. <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked. I'm freaking, this is, I'm freaking pumped. I'm freaking pumped. <laughs> I did not think we were going to be able to do this without killing each other. It was kind of amazing. Like, you you realize that after you spend hundreds of hours watching, like th- thousands of hours, Literally. discussing, uh, ranking, talking about, theorizing about these movies. The and what makes them great. The mind melding of like, when we, we were like 57 movies in, and it was like, okay, where should we put this movie? And we'd both be like, I think it's right about... You're like, Here. 29? Like, yeah, I was thinking yeah. 29. In between these two films? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You're maybe off by one. Explain to me why. Like, yeah. Okay, I can go right, with that. That's fair. I'll go up or down. And and now, guys, now, so what we're doing on this episode is... Actually, go ahead. Go ahead and take it. I, I just, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, guys, we've done 100 movies on Action Movie Anatomy. This show has gone on for two years. Yeah. As you know, we announced recently we hit 10 million total views on the show. It was very exciting. Um, we have gotten to our 100th episode, which just aired yesterday. That was for Heat, one of the great action films of all time. One of the... So good. First time I saw it. Yeah, one of the true truly great action movies that we hadn't done on the show and it's why we saved it for the 100th episode yep and when we did it we realized guys that we used to rank movies on the show so in the early days andrew and i would actually rank films we would do a whole thing where at the end of it we'd rank the hero rank the villain and put it on our personal favorites list yeah we're at 100 now we abandoned the ranking a long time ago because doing it at the end of every episode was exhausting it was exhausting there was too many movies if we did more than one movie it just became crazy so we normally when ranking like on my 50 favorite films which I'm doing on Anchor right now mm-hmm. I lean towards favorite so that allows me to do whatever I want with whatever movie I want wherever I want on the list absolutely um, but this list is greatest and now the things that we use to decipher and determine what made a film great were things like rewatchability, yep. awards, box office, performance, things like that. Things that make the films memorable. And then also... Iconic there's, scenes. There's a weird kind of um, cross-section here, though, where it is an action movie show. It is. So these are the 100 greatest action movies on AMA. Yeah, and it's based in a world of Action. Yeah, but remember, guys, if you're watching or listening, they have to be films we've covered on the show. Yes. So you can't throw in uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark because we haven't done it on the show. Right. You can't throw Star Wars in. We haven't done it on the show. So we have to have talked about the films on the show. At the end of episode 200, maybe we'll do the ranking of the 200. That would be amazing. But right now, we have 100 films to count down, guys, as well as awards, guys. Who doesn't love awards season? Yeah, and we posted all the awards for polls online. You guys saw them at AMA Podcast. Hopefully you voted, and we're going to... We have our winners. We have the nominees. We also have who you picked as winners. And I, they're they're pretty close for the I, most part. We were influenced by the fan vote, absolutely, especially yeah. some of the ones that we were on the fence about. Um, in the end, some of them we had to assign the winner based on what we feel. Yeah. But some of them we were influenced by the fan vote. So you guys will see, we're going to, every single ten movies, we're going to break out another award. Some of these are like, best line of the show, it's like uh, comeback, comeback action hero of the year. Yeah, rookie of the year, show MVP, greatest villain, greatest episode. Greatest hero, yeah. We've got a lot of fun awards to break down for you guys. So first and foremost, guys, 
guys, please like, comment below. Let us know if you agree or disagree with the rankings. If you like and comment, it does help the episode stay popular, stay high in the standings. We provide free content here, and we want to continue to provide free content. Um, That's right. So... Last but not least, guys, we are on Twitter personally. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. And you can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our podcast uh, at AMA Podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, guys, we did talk about it on Tuesday, but there is a brand new show coming that we're very, very excited about. It's called Fist Pump Films Weekly. Where you can find the show, we haven't announced quite yet. But the show itself is going to be breaking down the greatest films of all time, the fist pump moments that make them great, and how that relates to some super awesome thesis statement going on in the movie world right now. Yep, and if you guys haven't watched, go back and watch the episode that we did put up on Tuesday. It was the 10 rules that we'd come up with of doing 100 movies on Action Movie Anatomy for two years. And so, without any further ado... Yeah, I say we get straight into it. Let's hop into our very first award, which is... In the category of Worst Movie Ever on Action Movie Anatomy. And there were... The nominees are Anaconda, The Running Man, Jason Bourne, and Ben's favorite, The Taking of Pelham 123. And a fifth nominee, Independence Day Resurgence. You'll notice the asterisk here... Taking a Pelham 1 to 3 was not an actual nomination. <laughs> that was a joke you made. I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Independence yes. Day Resurgence is the final film in question. Now, the fans voted on... I'm not going to do that every time. Don't worry. <laughs> Independence in Day Resurgence was yes. the fan vote for worst film ever on the show. And, since you guys know us so well, the winner goes to... Independence Day Resurgence, which is going to start us out as our 100th film because it's the worst movie we've ever done on the show. Boom. There is the image. That is the cover, or an image we pulled from Independence Day Resurgence. Look, (laughs) Independence Day is one of the most classic movies from the 90s that we love and that we thought we loved. We went back and watched it. We didn't love it so much. No. So we thought Independence Day 2 would come back out. Might might re-inject some adrenaline into this franchise. Something. It was just bad on every level. It they, was appalling. Even the parts of Independence Day 1 that were great, like the speech and Jeff Goldblum, um, they didn't do well. Jeff Goldblum was totally forgettable in this movie. The warlord comedy with that other dude was awful. The uh, the speech in this movie it was just a poor substitute. Yeah. This is probably one of the only examples on this entire... I think it is, in fact. I can see it because I can see 99. This is the only movie on this list that I legitimately disliked. We made a mistake. <laughs> it was a ba- it was a bad movie. Every every other one of the ninety nine films on here, I have some part of it that I liked. There was nothing about this movie I liked. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no redeemable qualities for us. But don't worry, when we're counting down the, these these latter fifty, there are movies that we love in here. Um, Independence Day Resurgence, we did not. It was and neither not. did you guys, I think. So moving on to number ninety nine. Number ninety nine, a much better film, a much better film, and it's because of an incredible performance from our good friend. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. The film is Demolition Man. Demolition Man starring Stallone and Snipes. Uh, you got Simon Phoenix. Simon says, die. You got the, <laughs> the, the sweet music. The karate scene with the turntables. Uh, this movie is ridiculous. This is like uh, Stallone with like the cyber sex with it's Sandra Bullock, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, the cyber sex yeah. scene and Dennis Leary's in this movie. It's just so weirdly beautiful. <laughs> Campy and horrible and awesome. This movie's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, it, it's one of our absolute favorites. The thing about it, it's not a great movie. No. It's incredible. <laughs> enjoyable um so at number 99 we have demolition man yeah i think there's not that much more to say about demolition man it, it was 
there's some pretty fascinating stuff you go to read about Demolition Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the story of how it got made, everything that went into it is pretty fascinating. But anyway, Demolition Man is number 99, guys. Moving on to number 98. This one was a heartbreaker for me. Yeah. Yep. And the reason that Jason Bourne, our number 98 film, the fifth installment in the Bourne franchise, the most recent, 2016's Jason Bourne, was because it looked so good in the trailers. Yeah. Alicia Vikander's in it. You guys all know how I feel about her. Tommy Lee Jones. TLJ. Yeah, this movie should have been good. The, the opening scene in the trailer where it's like the, they're like fighting out in the desert and Bourne knocks the guy on the ground. One punch. I said this to you before. There was a phantom punch. <laughs> I said this to you before. I got up to go to the bar and get two Jamesons and two Polish sausages twice during this film. Yeah, it was like, so bad. I gotta go. This was... This you're, mo- so you're back? <laughs> this was not a good movie. This movie... It's the reason this wasn't a good movie is because I can't remember anything about it. It had nothing to do with the Jamesons, I swear to God. It just Look, wasn't I good. I didn't have two Jamesons and two Polish dogs when I went. And I still don't. We were sitting there legitimately trying to talk about memorable parts of it for maybe five minutes. Because there was supposed to be the whole thing on the Vegas Strip with, like, with the car. And yeah. He got jacked again. Hats off. He got off jacked to J- again. And even the punch was so not as good in the movie yeah, as it right? was in the trailer. Yeah, right? Yeah, this movie was just... Uh, the one thing that did come out of this movie that we loved, though, was that because it's the fifth movie, there was all the, like, the Jason Bourneisms. But they were lazy, right? Yeah, right. All the things like where like the phone rings and the guy's like, Bourne's in Bolivia, hangs up. It's like, who was that? What were they talking yeah. about? Oh, my God, that's Jason... Yeah, we know it's Jason Bourne. Were there Bourne. more details of the call? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bourne's in Bolivia. Or like, Bolivia. oh, holy shit, that's Jason Bourne. This Freeze is, frame. Yeah, it's just like... That's it's, classified information. Tell yeah. me more. Uh, Never heard of him. Uh, number 97 on the list, guys. We have the next film, another sequel. Yep. Starring our main man. This is the lowest Tom Cruise film on the list. Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Jack um, Reach Around, as people like to call Jack it. Jack Reach Around. <laughs> You've never heard that? No, that's a real thing. Yeah. It's genius. Uh, look, Tom Cruise is great. He has awesome moments. And he's the best part of this movie by a mile. He's he, The character of Jack Reacher, played by Tom Cruise, is actually quite entertaining. He's a pretty entertaining hero. Yeah. The supporting characters in this movie, Colby, Colby Smulders and Aldous Hodge, are just like... I loved How I Met Your Mother, and I'm just not happy that her career took off. <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah. I, I'll say it. I don't like her in The Avengers. I don't like her in Jack Reacher. The movie has its sweet payoffs of Tom Cruise being the smartest man in the room, and yep. then, and then like it happening immediately. Um, it does have that one really sweet part when in the... Uh, in like the container, the shipping container where the guys follow him in and Cruz is like, oh yeah, followed me in here. Big that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, that wasn't a good yeah. idea. Look, it's awesome. It's enjoyable. It's fun. It's popcorn. But for a sequel that we were dying to see, yeah. uh, that looked like people really wanted to see, it just fell a little flat. Cruise in the theaters will never not be an event for me. No. It's just, and The Mummy, I'm really excited for. Me too. I'm really excited. June 9th. Yeah, Cruise in theaters is always going to be exciting. So it was just, <coughs> just getting to see Tom Cruise in a movie theater was enough. But mm-hmm. this movie was, you know, not that memorable. The first one's a lot more memorable. Um, next up on our list, guys, we have a recent film and a film that was just so... Number 96 is Safe House. Yeah, this was a... Forgettable, I think, is probably the easiest phrase to throw at this movie. It makes sense why it was a miss on our show. It makes sense why you and I hadn't watched it. Um, It's just fine. Yeah. You know, like Denzel kind of phones it in. Um, Ryan Reynolds is good. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is good. It's just just fine. This was the movie that inspired my thesis statement, which is that (coughs) Ryan Reynolds is the only A-list dramatic actor without a dramatic hit. Yeah. And I think it's still true. Yeah, I mean, other than... Yeah, because buried isn't a hit. Yeah, no hit. He, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a dramatic hit to his name yet, but he still bills himself as a dramatic actor. Uh, Safe House is fun. It has a lot of good action in it, and uh, it's got some great scenes, and it, and it moves pretty quickly. There's just we, we talk about this on the show a lot. There's no heart to it. This director is getting better and better. I actually liked Life a lot. I like Life a lot. 
And I think he's just going to keep getting better. He's a young guy. He's not even 40 yet. Yeah, so it, just a, a new movie with a great cast. I mean, if he didn't have those guys carrying it for him, it probably would have been maybe 99 on our list. Yeah, who knows? So uh, next up on the list, guys, we have another one called The Mechanic. Uh, Jason Statham, the only Jason Statham starring film on yeah. this list. And it, it's, it's, it's very similar to Safe House, and I think the reason that we... Um, put it ahead of Safe House was specifically the fight that Ben Foster has with the gigantic bear, yeah. the homosexual bear assassin. Yeah. It Which is, is a great fight. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. if you guys only see five minutes of the movie, just watch that fight because it's so intense and just real. It's and savage. Gnarly. Yeah, Statham's fine in this movie. It's like, uh, it's a good enough movie. Foster is the best part as he is often in the films he's in. Yeah. Um, and you'll notice Foster's in other films as we get higher on this list. I'm just looking at what's ahead. It, this gets so sweet. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we were doing this list, we start with the way we did it was we started with our first episode ever and yeah. we would just do the next movie. Is this better or worse? Yeah. Better or worse? And then we, we started getting into it. It's like, oh my God, these next five movies coming up, how yeah. do we rank Insane. them? Insane. Yeah, yeah, the mechanic is, is watchable and... Uh, I don't know that it needed a sequel, but that fight alone is worth looking up. I would look that fight up on YouTube because it's a savage fight. It's really good. Uh, Moving on to number 94, it is our good friend, Mr. Dirk Diggler. Antoine Fuqua directs Mark Wahlberg in Shooter. Bob Lee Swagger. Bob Lee Swagger. Bob Lee Swagger. (laughs) I was trying to pull images for this one, and I'm not sure. It's her. I think it's her in a bra with a shotgun. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the image I pulled. I'm sure that's the... It's 100%. <laughs> Josh is like, it is, and we should talk about this. Oh, we got Josh in the booth, everybody, yeah. by the so way. Josh? How's it go? Josh, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. There you go. So Josh, under, Josh underscore Rodriguez what? underscore? Yes. Um, so Kate Mara is, <laughs> she has a sweet accent. She's actually smoking hot. I love I love Kate Mara. I yeah. think she's a good actress, and she's gorgeous. Danny Glover is evil as hell. Yeah, Danny Glover is great. He's real bad. I'm not going to try the voice. Uh, I tried it once. It wasn't a good look. <laughs> it was not good. It was not, <laughs> it was good not a anybody. good look. It was bad for the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wahlberg is genuinely entertaining in this movie. Yeah, he's got the thing. He's got the charisma. Yeah, yep. he's got the charisma. He's the smartest guy in the room. He has a couple really good lines about, like, that distance, everything comes into play. The, the the humidity, the the wind, the spin Coriolis of the earth. Effect. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What are you the talking? Coriolis about? effect. Uh, yeah. It's just it's fun and it's exactly what you want out of an Antoine Antoine Fuqua movie. Maybe not what you expect, but yeah. it's what you want. It was. It's a very entertaining movie. Moving on to number ninety three, we have the other swing and a miss in the Bourne franchise. Such a bummer. Our buddy Matt Haggerty worked on this movie. Yeah, and I, he worked on it great. Yeah, and I love Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I love Oscar Isaac, except for he's taking all my roles in Hollywood. The Born Legacy, guys. This movie is a, is a weird one because some people would probably look at this. Like, how about you, Haggerty? We look at our list and be like, "What are you guys talking the about? Fuck are you guys doing? It's way I better." On that. And you know what? It is better than other movies on this list in the sense of it like being a more technically sound movie. It's trying to be more than it is. Is the problem? Yeah. It, it's it's everything that Jason Bourne did badly. This movie just did forgettably. Exactly. Not badly. Forgettably. Yeah. It's just it doesn't have any heart. There's there's the story in this movie is like I barely even remember what happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The whole ra- when you were like, oh, he goes and saves Rachel Weisz. I was like, oh yeah, that's what that movie's about. I could only remember the beginning and the drone and, and Oscar Isaac and him out in the forest. The and drone all that. seems sweet. That's sweet. There's when he fights sweet the wolf moments in the film. That's why. It's, I mean, 93 is brutal, but we've done 100 movies on the show, and we like all the movies, yeah. other than Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> Independence um, Day Resurgence. So, 
Honestly, it's way better than the fifth one. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer that there's two Jason Bournes in our bottom ten, but it's the way the cookie crumbles, man. But I can guarantee there are three Jason Bournes in our top something. Yes. Um, and this next one, we we got in trouble for. This is controversial. We put this up. This was one of the choices for worst movie, and this is uh, 1986's The Running Man. It's 86 or 87. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a Schwarzenegger film starring Richard Dawson uh, about a futuristic world where Schwarzenegger gets basically thrown into, like, the Hunger Games, uh, kind of. It's, it's like a game show of death it's so absurd yeah <laughs> but it's so fun it does have a couple classic lines like but i'm going to make you eat that contract but i hope you live on the roof of my fist because i'm going to ram it in your stomach and break your goddamn spine <laughs> <laughs> which is great because i hadn't even known what that was from for so long because i didn't watch it until we did it on the show execute the hostages there are lots of innocent women in children down there all they want to do is eat for god's sake for god's sakes to hell with you uh it's just a bad movie but it's so fun it's so awesome Richard Dawson's great in this movie the villain yeah is yeah like the fact that a TV host TV yeah. show host is just like I'm gonna be a bad guy and yeah. he's like a bad guy he's, he's sweet good. yeah um, this movie is really 80s yeah it's super, super 80s. 80s it feels disconnected from the audience now doesn't mean it's not a good movie no it's 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 sweet enough uh, Dynamo the big like singing <laughs> malfunctioning oh, okay yeah yeah. Just a little too absurd. Oh, and the one thing about this movie, my fist pump moment, I was forgetting, was the song at the end. <laughs> this yeah. is no game. I love it. <laughs> it is. It's a whole movie about a game. Yeah. Uh, I right. love that song. So closing out our top ten at number 91, we have got John Travolta in <laughs> Swordfish. In a world. In a world. <laughs> That uh, most of us don't even know. <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie starts and like there's like that scene where they're getting they're like talking about John Travolta and like shows him getting out of the car and like going to the club and it just looks like a Scandinavian porn film. Yeah, you're like, what's gonna happen when he goes in there? They're like the music's playing and you're just like it's just gonna be like just like a bunch of people blowing each other in a it's bathroom. It's like, like that's it, what this feels like we're about to watch. That club is <laughs> what happens before the movie Hostel happened. Yeah. That club. <laughs> yeah. Um is sweet though. Uh Hugh Jackman's awesome, and honestly, the blowjob um, hacking, the scene. hacking scene is still like it's so goofy, but it, it was actually kind of cool. It's also such young Jackman; he's such young Jackman. It's Halle Berry in her prime. Yeah, it's um, it's just fun. It's a good, dumb throwaway action movie with some some kind of decent performances. Was this Dominic Cena? Is that the director of this yeah, film? Yeah, it's like he and he did this and Gone in sixty like within a year of each other. Also did Domino. Uh, no, that's Tony Scott. Oh, that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Swordfish. The one thing in Swordfish, and I believe the image I pulled movie. for this, is Travolta standing up with the two guns sideways in the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, out the roof. Yeah, You're just yeah. like, that's how you die. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie is uh, entertaining enough. So that's Swordfish. That's number 91, guys. It closes out the bottom 10. We have another award for you. Yes, we do. And that award is... The Rookie of the Year. So this really, some of the classifications of these awards we should, we should clarify, because it's, we've done the show for two years, which mm-hmm. means 15 to 17 are the years in question. But some of these things are references to, like, maybe about a decade. This one specifically is somebody who has come onto the scene since we started the show. Yes. So since 2015. And it's not as an actor or actress, it's as an action star and it's just yeah. specifically so guys the nominations for the action movie anatomy rookie of the year are tom hardy nicholas holt chris pratt rebecca ferguson the fan vote on this one unsurprisingly went to chris pratt of course because of guardians of the galaxy and jurassic world but we didn't cover guardians of the galaxy on the show we did not we covered jurassic world on the show and you guys know how we feel about jurassic, about world. jurassic world it's not a bad film it's just not one of our favorites I think the winner's going to surprise you guys. The winner of the Action Movie Anatomy Rookie of the Year goes to... None other 
Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Mission Impossible 5, Rebecca Ferguson. She just showed up in life. She was great. She's so sweet in Mission Impossible 5. Look, she's beautiful, but it's not distracting. Nope. She is a badass, and it's believable. She is able to steal screen eyes from Tom Cruise, the she, greatest action movie star of all time. She does actually, yeah, That's and it's rare. You don't get to see very often, especially in modern era Cruise. Back mm-hmm. in the day, he would still have co-stars that For were sure. big. Nowadays, Cruise like, doesn't really star There's in movies with There's a reason people. that they put females, uh, the, the, the female counterpart, as up-and-comers. Yep. Think about all the people that played them throughout their careers. You know, the Paul Patton, the Thandie Newtons. None of them were big. Yep. Same with Rebecca Ferguson. She wasn't big. Now she's blowing up. Look, she's amazing. She's, she's a great. badass, and, and she like the fights in that movie and the writing. I love when he's like, uh, what does he what does he say? He's like, um, he's like a hell of a writer, aren't you? Or something like that. Yeah, the yeah. He first, after she betrays him, he, uh, it's the first time he sees her. He's like, you can ride. Yeah, this is like awesome. Uh, she's so good. She's so hot. She is. She's really hot. Yeah. This see, it's this this movie's sweet. She's really sweet. So Rebecca Ferguson, hats off to you. Congratulations. And she saved Tom Cruise's life. You are the Action Movie Anatomy Rookie of the Year. Moving on to our second set of ten films, guys. In the slot number ninety. <laughs> Anacondas are above a killing machine. I don't, don't I? <laughs> Look, the reason why, and okay, I was gonna put originally. I was like, I mean, shouldn't Anaconda be like ninety nine? This uh, this was the second. This was the runner up in votes for worst film on the show. By the way, the poll. That's what the fans said. Yeah, and, you're wrong. By the way, <laughs> and Ben goes, John Voight's sweeter than Independence Day Research. It's like, oh, that's a good point. And I was like, Demolition Man, Jason Bourne, every other. He's like, John Voight is sweeter than every one of those movies. Everything in those movies, John Voight is sweeter than yeah, in John, Anaconda. In John Anaconda. Voight is legitimately just just his character of Paul Sorone is sweeter than all of our bottom ten movies. He steals the show. The sweat stain. The, like he sweats so much, he's <laughs> just—he's just amazing. Let it burn. He's just like a psychopathic, <laughs> sociopathic killer. And oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, there's something really down there. I'm serious. I'm, I really mean it too. I really mean it too. I'm serious too. You're like what? Where are you from? <laughs> this is John Voight's return to the acting world. Look, if you just had a movie that was just the clips of him and Anaconda, I'd watch it. I would watch that. Absolutely. The fact that the fact that Anaconda is not more beloved, the fact that people actually thought to rate that movie as low as they did is astounding. John, John Voight it's astounding and offensive. is a national treasure. Let's move on to number 89, a film that just barely beat out Paul Cerrone, and I wonder why. This is a film called The Taking of Pelham. One, two, three. I need you to bring home a gallon of milk. <laughs> uh, I can get a half gallon. I can get a half gallon. I want to. We need a gallon. I can get a half gallon. <laughs> well, you come home. Masterclass acting. Look, uh, <laughs> I took the bribe. I took the bribe. This movie is not a great action movie. I'll just go out and say it straight up right you there. You can just cut the tape right now. <laughs> Roll that back. But there are moments in this film. Oh yeah, just that two specifically. Two specifically. <laughs> There's the moment when he admits to taking the bribe. It's great. It's a great scene. So legitimately, guys, honestly, honest to God, I've done this on YouTube enough times. Look up Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, Intense Scene. Look that up on YouTube. That exact wording, and you'll find it. I've watched it a lot of times. Look, we joke a lot about this movie on the show. We do. Um, It is is probably my, I think Unstoppable is maybe my least favorite Tony Scott Denzel. You like this movie more just because of those scenes. Just because of those scenes, man. Just because of those scenes. They're so good, and the Denzelishness is is at a 10, and Travolta's awesome. And look, man. That if you're gonna say that Paul Cerrone is better than everything underneath him, yep. then those two scenes definitely are better than everything else between ninety and hundred. And they're better than Paul Cerrone. I and say. they're better than Paul Cerrone. Absolutely, yeah. they're sure they're truly great scenes from one of the greatest actors ever to live. Absolutely. And going back and watching Heat again just recently, I'm just like, God, Voight can do anything. Yeah, he really can. 
Uh, moving on to number 88. This is a controversial one as well because I know a lot of people out there love it. And by voting for Chris Pratt, that is evidence that you guys believe that Jurassic World at yeah. number 88 might be a little low. I think Jurassic World is fine. I think it's a perfectly fine movie. I think we suffered a little bit from going in with expectations of that movie being actually good. Like, we wanted it to be something that it wasn't. At yeah. the time, we didn't think we could do Jurassic Park on the show. We years later did it. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad we did, because Jurassic Park's amazing. But uh, Jurassic World is is just fine. It's just kind of forgettable. It's just fine. and that, Exactly. And, and another thing that you brought up a lot when we were doing our rankings were this movie's 20 years old. Yeah. And we're still talking about it now. In 20 years, are we going to be talking about Jurassic World? Probably not. No. We'll probably talk about it like the way we talk about Episode 2. Right. And like, hey, remember when that happened? Um, it's it's just fine all the way across the board. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is whatever. Chris Pratt is fantastic. Vincent D'Onofrio was forgettable. Um, and CGI dinosaurs aren't as cool as practical dinosaurs. Yeah. Chris just, Pratt controlling a, an army of raptors is pretty cool. It's just enough. It's all fine. Yeah. It's all serviceable. The the What? The... What was it like the Hyperius Rex or something? What do they call it? Oh yeah, Indominus. Indominus Rex. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than the. T- yeah, we get it. It was really funny actually <clears throat> that um, what's his name? Uh, who's in the the scientist? From yeah, BD Wong. BD Wong, only person, and he's like a legitimate character now in this one. Whereas in the first movie, he's in the movie for like what two minutes? Yeah, maybe, maybe if that. Yeah. He like has a scene. So yeah, anyway, it was funny. Like when they said that, and when we were covering World, yeah. it's like a returning cast member. I was like, "Who the hell is Vinnie Wong?" Oh yeah. 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 Was he like? Am I just way off base? Was he super famous or something? I, I don't know why people love him so much and that character that that much. Yeah. I, I might be missing something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up, we have another Schwarzenegger film from the mid '80s. We have '85's Commando in number eighty-seven. Uh, Schwarzenegger in a speedo. Schwarzenegger tearing the seat out of a car to get in the car because he's too big for the car when it has the seat in it. Tipping <laughs> over a car. Uh, beating up Bill Duke, fighting against Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> Bennett uh, let off some steam. The 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 villain. Oh yeah, Bennett. He's fantastic. Like I just don't even know how to ex- describe him. The one great piece of trivia is that he's wearing like chainmail and like these pants, and all of his clothes look too small for him because he looks out of shape. Because it was for someone else. It was supposed to be for someone else. It was smaller than him, like, and they cast him last minute, which is why he looks fat in the role. Just like really fat and really uncomfortable. Um, look, it's the same thing. As- why is he wearing chainmail? Yeah, you're shooting. It's never explained. It's not going to help. <laughs> but apparently he's like the most badass guy out there. It's him and Schwarzenegger. They're the two. Right. Um, it's fun. It's dumb. It's a little better than The Running Man. It just moves a little faster. Oh, yeah. uh, Schwarzenegger carrying a tree at the beginning. It's, we have your daughter, so you have to do what we say, right? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to number 86, one of my f- personal favorites. And a recent film on the show. Mishontont. <laughs> Mission Impossible 2. The worst. Mission Impossible film. In the franchise. A legitimately bad movie. I'm uh, The only reason the movie gets to be as high as it is is because it's Tom Cruise. I mean, that's just... It has the it has enough charisma and, and also... And also... <laughs> because it has your boy. It has my boy. Uh, Duray Scott. Duray Scott. And Brandon Gleeson's in it. Yeah, So it true. has to get knocked up a, a notch there. The Chimera Virus. The Chimera when Virus. We, when, we did this episode, when we did this episode, there was like a sweet segment of like... What, like made up... Oh, yeah. Like, like just toxins and operatives and things like that we just like started making shit up i've had some like really really you good had, ones you had like this. a really elaborate go back and watch that episode guys there's some <laughs> cool fake toxins in there like the phoenix directive or something like that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had like written out movies about yeah, yeah. like box covers i hope it's almost as good as chaos trip from jurassic park <laughs> yes right our fake movie pitches look 
it's a fun, fine film. It it defines '90s action it does. At, at its worst. Yeah, really, like the slow mo, the overuse of the masks. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Go watch it if you want. It's <laughs> it's it's not necessary. Number eighty five. We've got my single favorite film as a child ever. A film that I saw over ninety times as a kid. Mortal Kombat. It has begun. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, love. <laughs> This, oh, right, yeah. this movie is legitimately sweet. If this movie is is the original good bad uh, a video game movie, it, yeah. like Mortal Kombat is thoroughly entertaining. It's actually a super fun movie to watch. It's horrible. It's a terrible a movie. movie. But again, it's it's like you got to think what did this do for action or for video game movies as a whole in time? And then like rewatchability over all these movies on the list ahead of it. I would probably rather watch Mortal Kombat than every other one we've listed so far. <laughs> Lord Raiden in his rice paddy hat, just like, like super so racist. racist. <laughs> Everything is so stupid um, and thought out. But that's, again, it's one of those movies where like I can turn my brain off and just have a great time. Lou, remember when our parents died? Uh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. We're fighting for the fate of the world. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Oh, I right. forgot. We are fighting for the fate of the world. Were you going to say more? Yeah. No, you're done? Okay, my bad. It's a good film. I like that this movie made everyone involved a star. Wait. No. <laughs> Nobody. Right, moving on to number 84. Are you... No, it's not. that's the wrong line. Is there no one else? Yeah. <laughs> Look, Brad, uh, can we do that again? Nope. <laughs> number 84, Troy, uh, the historical epic from 2004 starring Brad Pitt. A huge cast. A, a massive, massive cast. cast. You've got a massive Brian Cox paying a massive... <laughs> uh, what's the... <laughs> Yeah. Agamemnon, that's A- his name. Agamemnon. Agamemnon. But this also has Brian Cox and Brendan Gleeson and Peter O'Toole and Brad Pitt and Eric Bana and Orlando Bloom and uh, what's his name? Char- Le- oh, no, Charlie Hunnam. Uh, Garrett Hetland. Yeah. This movie has a massive cast. Massive. Yeah. Massive cast. Incredibly huge budget. It was... Look, this happened. This was like the King Arthur's and the Troys and all. Like, it's the new King Arthur. There's these masterful... Masterful. There's these movies that are supposed to be masterful epics with massive budgets and insane ensemble casts that just suck. Yeah, Brad Pitt legitimately <clears throat> looks like he belongs in a porno in this movie. He does. He's His hair's so, like way too blonde. He's so tan and so jacked. Yeah. He just like, looks like he came off the set of somewhere in like Burbank. He's like always oily and like yeah. the first scene is his ass. Like the first time you see him is <laughs> you his ass. see his ass. Uh, he's like orange. There's definitely some sweet scenes. I think the opening fight between him and that gigantic guy where he just like runs up and hits him in the trap real yeah. quick. There's some really sweet moments, but all in all, Troy fell flat all the way across the board. You I remembered think. it as being sweet, and then we watched it for the show, and it was not good. I Okay, look, I remembered Troy the same <laughs> way I remembered The Patriot. Right. Being like, you're going to love this. Yeah. And then, like, literally a minute into Troy, I was like, oh, God. You're happy that The Patriot's pretty high on here. Oh, dude, that movie's so good. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh, all right, so moving on to our next movie is a movie that we actually did with the Six Degrees of Separation Girls. Six sure. Degrees of Movies. Yeah. Excuse me. Miss Movies and Stacey Howard. Yep. Uh, number 83, Cliffhanger. Another Stallone. John Lithgow. Lithgow. You want to kill me, don't you, Tucker? Don't you, Tucker? Get in line. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's real evil. Yeah, he's, he's great in this movie. And, and their little fight at the end is, like, kind of believable. Oh, yeah, and, and um, <laughs> get off the air, you, what's his, you bastard. Bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's great. I think just off of Lithgow alone yeah. makes this movie. Like, Cliffhanger's a classic. Everyone and loves Cliffhanger. Michael Rooker, yeah, he's sweet. It's oh, another, it's another Rooker this. movie. Yeah, this is the, the most memorable part of this entire movie. I saw this in theaters with my dad, who's, he's by the way, he's... sitting on the couch watching his dudes right now. He's here, hanging uh, out. 
and this is the opening scene where they're trying to save him and Stallone's trying to like hold her and she's gonna the opening scene is the best part of this movie and the trailer to this movie because it has no words it's like an opera it's like an opera with action scenes the first time I ever saw this movie I was like oh my gosh they took that from the beginning of Ace Ventura Pet Detective too yeah I was like oh wait (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was young when I first saw it so Cliffhanger Stallone in his prime Lithgow being Lithgow's one of the best villains ever out there I don't even think this is I don't even think this is Stallone in his prime I think this is phase 2 Stallone mid 80s Stallone is his prime this is like 93 but he was he could still kind of do no wrong at this point yeah, He'd done a little wrong. This but is like people still were giving him. This is like Demolition Man, Cliffhanger, yeah. Daylight era where it's it starting to, be, to go down. These are all the movies that I saw in theaters with my dad. I think I saw all of those movies in theaters with my dad. You saw so many cooler <laughs> movies than I saw with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to number eighty-two, we have I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty as fuck, Mr. President. Like what? Gerard Butler returns for his role I'm as Mike sorry, Banning, babe. I know that's not in this one, but it's just. London Has Fallen, guys. Number 82, a film that we got to go to a press screening for. That was just last year. Yeah. This movie was so sweet. It's so fun and dumb and just, like, I was blown away. Here's what's great about this movie. Um, Nothing. No, just kidding. (laughs) Here's what's great about this movie. London Has Fallen uh, is, for some reason, the movie, the lowest movie on our list that the episode on... YouTube took off. Oh, yeah. This, this one has 700,000 hits. Yeah, it's massive. This is like one of the ones that everyone's watched. When people have seen our show, this is the second highest viewed episode of our show ever. Other than Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why? We don't know. Um, are we happy about it? Of course. Of course. And if you go and watch that episode, you'll see that we are very enthusiastic about this film. And it's just... We're pumped up. It, it's, it's, again, it's the modern day one man against the world, and they do it right. Gerard Butler is a force. He really is. He's a is. tour de force. Moving on to number 81, one of Andrew's favorite films of all time. We have 2004's The Punisher. God, I love this movie. I know you so do. So much. The fact that we even got to do it on the show is a win for me. So for this, for you, in the, in the way that I so lovingly talk about Tony Scott Denzel movies, like yeah. I can't turn them off. Is yeah. that what this is for you? This movie's on TV. If this movie's on TV, I will turn the sound up and I will watch the rest of it. Uh, every time. Every damn time. Yeah. It's just so... Like Will Patton. Will Patton's great. John Travolta is at his like best villain. He's so good. He's really good. Um, and Thomas Jane as the Punisher is actually really sweet. I actually think that's something that could have been a real thing. Right. Go watch the. Uh, there's a fan film called Punisher Dirty Laundry that got made a few years later uh, with him just like just murdering people by a laundromat. Yeah, and it's pretty sweet to watch. Uh, there's really good kills in it. Um, the whole I love revenge stories. He's uh, got the bow. He's got the bow, which is yeah. awesome. And and yeah, I made you kill your best friend. Yeah. made you kill your wife, and now I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Just great. And he drags him, and, and he, he makes the Punisher him. skulls out of burning cars. That is a little over the top, <laughs> but I don't know how he choreographed that from an aerial view, but I like that he tried. His relationship to Rebecca Romaine and Spacker Dave, another Ben Foster character, played very well. Really good. Kevin Nash. Uh, the whole That whole thing is great. Yeah, the fight with him and Kevin Nash is so gnarly, the boiling water in the face. It's actually... it's. Will you admit that it's better than you thought it was? A hundred thousand percent. Yes. I enjoyed this movie. Okay. Moving awesome. on from number eighty one, guys, we have another award for you, and this is an exciting one. If you guys have watched the show for a hundred episodes, then you know how much we love our favorite lines, and we have some really good ones. The honorable mention, it's not on this list. This Captain Minister, was he always travel on the wrong side of the border? What did you say, Schwarzenegger? What was that line you just said? I- did you just throw up on the mic? <laughs> say it again. Uh another one we have is Damn him, damn that man. That is from the Patriot. The Patriot. We've got uh why are we here? 
Why are we here, Brennan? From Warrior, uh, an improvised, an imp- partly improvised speech by Frank Grillo, written originally by our friend Anthony Timbakis, but just a really great speech. It's and finally, so if you, if, yeah, that speech is so good. We have uh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin in the Edge, Charles, just the word Charles. He says yes. it like ninety-two times in the movie. And then uh, the last, the very last one is from your favorite yeah. uh, Gary Busey performance of all time, maybe. Yeah, I would say probably my number two favorite Busey behind Point Break. Behind Point Break, Angela yeah. Pappas is a great character. But, Utah, uh, give me two. Give me two. Yeah. But in Lethal Weapon, Officer Murtaugh, don't be foolish. Look at the hardware. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times that we said that over the next six months after covering that was absurd. It was... I didn't like watching Lethal Weapon particularly on this show. Right. I thought it was like pretty overrated, and... I was so charmed by him and that line. I just lo- I loved it. He steps out of he steps out of the car. His teeth are whiter than the white hammer pants that he's wearing. <laughs> Not as white as the scarf. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just the scene is absurd. Busey is just at his fucking best. And as fans, it shows to, it goes to show that you guys know our show and you know us. You guys voted for Officer Murta. Don't be foolish. Yeah, So the and the winner, based on our votes and the fan vote, was. Officer Murtaugh, don't be foolish. Look at the hardware. <laughs> such a good line. Such a great line. Such a great actor. Moving, Moving on, on, guys, to number 80. We've got Tom Cruise There's and Jack Reacher. Now, this Reacher w- film is good. Is actually a pretty sweet movie. I like Jai Courtney for the first time in yeah. a while. I'm this, not a big fan of him. This movie isn't great. Um, it has a couple great moments, but Cruz specifically in this movie mm-hmm. is really good. He like single-handedly saves the movie from being otherwise quite mediocre. Um, his scene when he fights the dudes in the street and he kicks Josh Hellman in the nuts. Yeah. Who, by the way, I had a conversation with Josh Hellman about getting kicked in the nuts by Tom Cruise. <laughs> it was awesome. When I interviewed him last year, I was like, how did his foot feel? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. I really said that, and you can look it up on YouTube. Um, No, it's great. And and Cruz, when he has the whole sequence beginning in the bar, talking to To the girl. I can't can't remember her name. name. Yeah. But when she's like, I don't mind the sight of blood. He's like, at least it means you're not pregnant. Yeah, or something like that. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, Tom, calm down. He has some good lines. He has some really good lines. And then if you want to talk real straight-up action, the fight with him and Jai Courtney in the rain with the breaking of the bones, and it's it's a good fight. He has fight. a flying knee to the face. Yeah. It's a really good fight. It's a really good fight. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It just... Um, you know, it's not one of our absolute favorites, but very fun to watch. It's a fun, it's a fun enough movie to watch. Definitely, it's it's worth worth watching just for Cruise. Number seventy nine, your least favorite of the Tony Scott Denzel collabs. <sighs> I just don't like how a train can be a villain. <laughs> Unstoppable, guys. Another movie that if it's on TV, I have to watch it. I can't turn this one off. The reason that this movie is so high on the list is not only. Dude, this is one of those times where it's like, look, man, you just gotta suck, suck up your pride and be like, this movie's in the nineties on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what you told me. I think like, it is. Yeah, it's like in the high 80s or 90s. You're like, dude, it's this one is ranked. Yeah. What are you going to... Yeah. People like Unstoppable. It's a good movie. It's 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 edited and written c- correctly. It's it's paced correctly. And Pine and Denzel, together, the, the, their relationship together is excellent. I will say that. The thing about this movie and about Taking of Pelham was that at this point in their relationship together, even though the movies themselves aren't great, Tony Scott had figured out how to get what he wanted out of Denzel so masterfully. Yeah. Which is why he has those <clears throat> scenes. It's the same scene as in Taking of Pelham, except this time where he's like, uh, you know, he's like, if you don't stop this train, I will fire you, Kevin Dunn. Yeah. And, and Denzel's <clears throat> like, you already did. Yeah, you already yeah. did. 
Got my 30-day notice three weeks ago or something like that, right? And Kevin Dunn's like, so you're going to risk your life for me with 21 days left. And he's like, I'm not doing it for you. And you're like, oh, I love you, Denzel. You're, you're the horrible. Best. Yeah, So yeah. horrible. Yeah, this yeah. movie's sweet. Yeah, it's so funny how those all those movies are held together by, like, specific great moments of Denzel acting. Yeah, 100%. This was the, this was the most notable thing about this film is that Star Trek came out and... Chris Pine all of a sudden was a megastar and this was the next movie that he was in. Yeah. So people saw it, I think, as much for Denzel as they saw it for Chris Pine. Yeah, and and Chris Pine's fine in it. He's great. So moving on to number 78 is the seventh installment in the Furious franchise, Fast and Furious 7. Uh, great movie, super enjoyable, a lot of really awesome action. Um, you guys probably know from watching this show that Ben and I aren't the biggest fans of the Fast and Furious franchise. It's not that we dislike them. Um, they're just not really our type of movies, really. They just, they don't have, they're, aside they're, from Luke Hobbs, aside from The Rock, who's right. the best part of the franchise, they're not filled with characters that we particularly love. And they don't really feel like they live exist in a world that's real. Yeah. But the handling of the unfortunate, untimely death of Paul Walker in Seven, the ending of Seven, which I think if you didn't walk out of that theater, theater with tears in your eyes, yeah, I, I teared up. If you have a, if you have a soul, um, and the jumping into the three buildings in Dubai, yeah, if you want to talk straight up action, it's a good movie. It, it's, it's. I think it. I think this is where they peak. I haven't watched Eight yet, and I know you didn't like Eight yeah, a I didn't lot. Like eight. I think Seven's where they peak. Um, but again, I think this award really is for the masterful handling yeah. of, a, of the untimely death of Paul. There, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Paul Walker, was, they were not done filming yet, and this movie is cohesive and a good movie. So uh, that is number 78, uh, R.I.P. Paul Walker. Yeah. Coming up, number Absolutely. 77, we have the first film in the Fallen franchise, Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> this is Mike Banning, Special <clears throat> Forces, Ranger Battalion. He will move mountains or die trying. Trust me, I know this guy. Okay, sold. Done. I want that guy working for me. Um, I wanted London to be higher than Olympus, but Ben made a very strong point that Olympus <laughs> is a better movie. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry, babe. You I'm, were talking about Penny. Sorry, babe. Uh, that moment of him, at, if, for, if for nothing else, the moment of him in the kitchen apologizing to his wife is so unbelievably beautiful. It's a wonderful that moment. It, that you should just watch just that. Wonderful moment. They just literally said, let's make an exceptionally violent version of Die Hard in the White House and yeah. put Gerard Butler in it. And it's it's done right. It's super fun. It doesn't waste time. And and Butler's he's awesome. He's great. He has he has actual movie star charisma. Yeah, he has, he has legitimate movie star charisma in this movie. His career has been a bizarre hodgepodge of movies like Machine Gun Preacher. Were we gonna make a rule that just Gerard Butler can't act? Yes, <laughs> he's a bad actor. That was a rule on our show. <laughs> but it's not that you don't enjoy him. No, he's great. He's just bad. Yeah, uh, I, I love me some Gerard. So I'm gonna take the next one because I love this movie. Okay, yeah. number seventy six is. Under Siege. <laughs> Casey Ryback, gratuitous breasts, silencers, <laughs> C4, Tommy Lee Jones, and Gary Busey doing inordinate amounts of cocaine on set, eating rotten meat, uh, which is a real thing. We were told by someone working on that film. This that is the Navy. It's not a job. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Uh, Gary Busey cross-dressing. This is the, like, if, if you were going to take the outline of a 90s film, time, Characters, actors, martial artists, C four silencers. This movie fits it perfectly. Perfectly. It's this. This movie's a modern day masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> movie's a nineties masterpiece. Um, we like watched it with Covino and Rich from Sirius. They came on and did the show with us. And they were just like Covino was like, "Yeah, my fist pump moment was in this movie's end. End. It's terrible. It's not a good movie. <laughs> what are you talking about?" Um, 
Yeah, it just it, it, it is right, and it, it makes sense that it's at seventy six. It's like, yeah, oh, solid C. It's got Busey in another great role. Sir, why do you tolerate that clown? <laughs> Sir, why are you wear, letting me wear this dress? <laughs> he's just still, he's still in drag. Uh, next up, we've got the uh, the Dockbuster, directed by Peter Berg, second to most recent, which is crazy. There's another one that's come out since this. Yeah, Deepwater Horizon. A movie the, that's really good. The Dockbuster King um, of modern day cinema. Good movie. Great movie. Um, I'm going to throw a few things in there that I think about. A great action movie needs a great villain. Yep. Um, that's why you know how I feel about Unstoppable and Jack Reacher and some of those other ones we talked about, MI4. Uh, Deepwater Horizon, though, is so good. It's it really, really good. is very, very well done. It just, it just isn't enough for me. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally. It's it's there's it's missing it's missing the thing that makes it like truly great, truly but compelling. For, but what you know? it is when you're watching it, like like Kurt Russell's great. He's just, very good. He's just really good. Mark Wahlberg is great. Malkovich is actually a great like kind of villain. Yeah, he is. And like yeah, the way that they show BP, the fact that they actually just use BP in the movie is really interesting. This movie is is incredibly informative. Yeah, you if you, that shit that went down was like. A travesty against the entire planet, right? And them covering it um, authentically in this movie makes sense that it's not like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? No, it's real life. Yeah. But this actually happened, and I think the fact that it actually happened does make the suspense in this movie that much more real. I agree. Um, moving on to number seventy-four, we have a Swayze picture. Yes. Roadhouse. I don't fly. It's too dangerous. Roadhouse. Yeah. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Um, Wesley. <laughs> it's all right, Miho. Um, You're I, all fucked up, Miho. I was sure that he was the the you know he's gonna die guy. Oh, really? I was sure of it. Yeah, I was glad he didn't. This movie's sweet. This movie's this movie is everything that you want out of a ridiculous '80s action movie. It is when the when the like main villain dude, not not uh, the main guy, but yeah. his like henchman first shows up and he's got like the giant cross earring. <laughs> And you're to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> what? That's Did surreal. you just say to me? <laughs> you're like, were you the other guy on set with Troy, with Brad Pitt? Because it looks like the two of you guys were together on set. I'll be a stunt devil. We yeah. don't need that here. Stunt cock, stunt yeah. cock. <laughs> this movie, this Roadhouse, genu- genuinely entertaining. This is Swayze in his just pre-prime. It's a shame to me that Swayze's career is nothing like what you... Wasn't more full of wasn't more full of truly great movies. Yeah, that it's a combination of like a few really pretty good movies and, and a few pretty me- and some really ridiculous movies like this. Yeah, like cult cult classics. Yeah, he is like as close to the definition of a cult classic actor as ever to live because his filmography is so small relative to how famous he is. Right, and you can never call him a cult classic actor though because he's too beautiful. And he won Sexiest Man Alive and things like that. You can't be a he cult did. classic actor and Pe- be... People Magazine 1990. Yeah, I, I didn't we, mean to cut you off there. We know you still have it, man. Um, yeah, Roadhouse. And if you talk to anyone that grew up watching movies in the 80s, like action movies in the 80s, they were in their 20s in the 80s, yeah. they all love that movie. Next up, we've got Twister, uh, 73, a film that we only kind of actually covered on the show. This yeah. was part of our Paxton Movie Anatomy episode. We had to throw it in... Um, I think that the reason this movie is down at 73, I mean, obviously it's not like, again, no great villain for me, but we talked about it. Bill Paxton is the greatest character actor, supporting actor, in yeah. great uh, action blockbusters and things like that. He's not really the best leading man. No. He's not. He's he's totally good in this movie. Absolutely. And this movie is totally memorable, um, but it's just, it wasn't really necessary. Like, they didn't need to make Bill Paxton the leading man in a movie. Mm-hmm. Didn't. He- didn't make the movie more watchable. And I think that if they would have found someone else, I don't know who that would have been. Yeah. Maybe it would have been more watchable. It would have been like Mel, probably. Yeah. 96, Gibson. That make this right. Insta- make this instead of Payback or Ransom or something. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving on to our very f- 
was this the first Marvel movie ever? This might have been the first Marvel. No, I think we did Punisher first. We maybe we did Blade first. I'm not sure, but I um, know we did Punisher first. Yeah, is is 72 is Blade? Yeah, Blade. Some motherfuckers is always trying to ice skate up ice here. Ice skate up here. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Dorff is awesome. He is. Snipes. He's... Snipes is totally badass in this movie. It's another movie that I saw in theaters with my dad. Oh yeah, yeah. This was really violent. <laughs> yeah, I watched this with my mom and her boyfriend uh, when they were dating it, and I remember like watching that first techno fight yeah. scene with the. I was. Petrified. petrified. Like, I was the opening scene. Of this movie is really cool, and it still yeah. holds up as being pretty. cool. And actually, a lot of things in this movie hold up, and a lot of things don't hold right. up. Right. Yep. Um, the fat oh, UV yeah. light burning, gross thing. I is, literally forgotten it happened. Is really offensive to watch. Yeah. It's really hard to listen to. Um, and there's you know it it's there's just things about Blade that make it a good movie, but it's not a great film. Agreed. Fully agree. Number Ooh. 71, this is pretty controversial. This is the only episode of Action Movie Anatomy on YouTube we've ever done to get more dislikes than likes because we tore it to shreds, and that's Independence Day, a and, modern classic. And you know what? We'll take it. We will take everything that comes at all the heat that comes at us from putting Independence Day at 71. We Num- stand firmly behind this. On Tuesday, we talked about the Bill Paxton speech in Independence Day is the greatest speech in the history of film, and that's why this movie's good. But yeah. the movie itself, That's aside the, from that speech, is bad. Yeah, and Randy Quaid is good, but all the things about this movie that you used to love, mainly Will Smith, are unwatchable. And the only reason Jeff Goldblum is so great is because he balances out Smith, and he makes him watchable. Um, Randy Quaid, I think, is the second best part of this film. I think Bill Pullman's speech is number one. Um, Brent, Brett, I can't remember his name, the oh, doctor. Brent Huntley? Yeah, no, the doctor. Brent Spiner? Yeah, Brent Spiner. He's yeah. fun. He's, yeah, he's cool, sweet. but yeah. They ruined him with the new one by they bringing sure him back. They sure did. Yeah. Uh, so, at 71 is Independence Day, which gets us to our next award, guys. That is the King of RAR. And we mentioned this to start the show, guys. Rating above replacement. The value you bring to a film by when you're billed lower in the movie, uh, like your fifth or sixth or seventh build, and how much value do you bring to that movie by being in it relative to your billing, your cost. Right. So, like Ben was saying, I think one of your best examples of this was, like, if you're billed sixth, on the on the on the cast list, how many points on IMDb do you make this movie go up? Point one, point two, point six. Right, a whole point. That's massive for someone that's paid sixth highest. Scene. How many scenes do you steal? Things like that. So uh, the nominees for the King of RAR on Action Movie Anatomy through 100 episodes are Brendan Gleeson, Brian Cox, Just Ed Cox, Kevin Dunn, and Bill Paxton. Now, for those of you guys that are like, why is Kevin Dunn on this list? He's awesome. Okay, Kevin he's in Warrior. He's, he's unstoppable. In, he's an unstoppable. He's in Transformers. Yeah. Like, this guy is in action movies all over. He's in Almost Heroes. And he's, he is in Almost <laughs> Heroes. Um, and the fans voted for Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. And the winner of King of Rar goes to Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. The fans knew what they wanted on this one, guys. I think that's a pretty obvious one. This one doesn't feel like a stretch. The category was created for Brian Cox, but really belongs to Bill Paxton. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And, um... Yeah, nothing needs to be more said about that other than rest in peace, Bill, and uh, we love what you do, man. So, moving on to number 70, a shockingly good movie brought to you from the director of Training Day, The Magnificent Seven. The remake of Mag 7. Here's a trivia question for you. Can you name three of the original Mag 7 actors from the original? No. I bet your dad can. I'm probably name all of them. Yeah, he's over there nodding like, put me on the showdown. I, I honestly can't. I think it's like Yule Brenner's in there, Charles Bronson, Steve McQueen. Yeah. That's three. That might be the only three I can name. Though. What else? What else we got in there that you, we, we were missing? Yeah, I think those. Yeah, skinny guy. James Coburn. That sounds yeah. right. All right. Well, that's four. That's so anyway, impressive. Yeah. 
Oh, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember his name. Yeah. The, uh, older white guy. Yeah. In uh, any case, the new Magnificent Seven directed by Antoine Fuqua was quite good. It actually was pretty entertaining. Denzel kind of phones it in in this one, which is a little weird. It's so crazy that this is one of those movies where Denzel's actually not the best part of a movie he's no. in. Uh, I think D'Onofrio is the best part of this movie. D'Onofrio makes a great choice. There's with his also character. the guy that played the villain in the new Terminator Genesis. I can never remember his name. Oh, sure. The Asian guy. Yeah, he's remember. Korean. I'm Korean. We can, we can say that. Um,. <laughs> It's just cool. D'Onofrio made a great choice. The twist, or not the twist, but the you know Chris Pratt and what happens to him and his character was interesting. And Pratt's sweet in this movie. It's a little darker than you thought it was going to be. Pretty um, violent. Pretty violent. And it's just a, it was a good. It was just surprisingly good. Yeah, I agree. Um, Seventy seems like a very good place for it to be. So moving on to number sixty nine. I wish we had John Roca here. Yeah. Uh, to call it in, but what what does John refer to? Armageddon as Ben I don't want to close <laughs> my eyes now he refers to it as the greatest American action film ever made oh uh, no the, I think was it the greatest American film the greatest American film ever made yeah or something like that yeah. he basically just says it's like a fucking giant erect cock wrapped in an American flag is what he always says this movie is yeah exactly it's just it's America <laughs> in a film I do not feel so strongly about Armageddon I love Armageddon but it was <laughs> fun going back and watching it I'll admit that the song live Bruce. Yeah, it's sweet. It's it's this is Ben Affleck's big turn as a legitimate action star. This is where he blew up and he became like one of the biggest actors ever. And as much as you want to deny it, like there's those movies that happened like Armageddon and Pearl Harbor and that you just can't deny. You can't you can just not you can't talk you can't not talk about that. This movie made a lot of money. It's the highest grossing film of the year. Yep. It's written and, by Jonathan Hensley. And like everyone in it's famous. Yep. Now. Uh, moving on to number sixty eight, a sleeper hit of the show. What one man can do, another can do. What one man can do, another can do. Say it again, Bob. Say it again, Bob. <laughs> the Edge, starring none other than Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins. Got and a quick, I got a quick Anthony or Alec Baldwin story for Bart you. Part the bear. And part the bear. Yes. Shall, please. I, shall, shall I tell my story again? I love this story. <laughs> Working at Nordstrom years ago, guys. Baldwin comes in. He's shopping, and he sits down in the uh, the Nordstrom grill. And I, I say to the waiter afterwards, uh, "Hey, what? Did, you know, how was that?" She's like, "Oh, Baldwin was great." I was like, "What did he order?" She's like, "Oh, he ordered a, a bowl of soup." And a sandwich. And a fish sandwich, actually. Oh, cool. And then what happened? I walk up, and he looks at me, and he says, that was the best fish sandwich I've ever tasted. Give me another one. <laughs> Order the same thing. He ate it again. He ate it back-to-back -back twice in the same meal. It's like my favorite Baldwin story ever. <laughs> and that's why he's ranked number 68. Um, <laughs> such a classic. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I will be that person one day. Somebody will tell that story that about you. so good. I'll take another the Edge is great. It's directed by Lee Tamahori, who is not a great director. It's written by David Mamet. who's was a phenomenal writer. Um, the relationship between Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins in this movie is so underrated. A photographer with an eye for beauty. And a wonderful trailer. I don't think you and I were more surprised by any other movie on this entire list. And if we were going to do this by favorites, this would be in the top 20, I think. Top 25 it, of the show. Greatest episode of the show, which is going to be an award later... Surprise! This, this is, is a nominee. nominee. It's a nominee for the greatest episode we ever did. This has the most literal reenactment of a scene ever. Andrew and I actually reenact the entire "What One Man Can Do, Another Can Do" scene. Almost better than they do it. I think it's pretty <laughs> phenomenal. We love this movie. We love this. It, it's the Edge is just great, guys. If you haven't seen the Edge, go watch it's the Edge. So good. And again, it's one of those things where I'm always like, great villain, great movie, great villain. Bart the Bear is awesome. Uh, it's great villain. Yeah. So moving on to number sixty-seven, Gone in sixty seconds. Now this is. This movie being here, I think, speaks more about when it came out, what yeah. it did for the people in it, yeah. than it actually being like a great, great film. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> um, it's the turn of, of, of action movies. Yeah, definitely. And, and like what we expected as, a, as uh, an audience. It's 
Ange- Angelina Jolie like in her hottest moments with her hair with all her crazy hair and, and the dreads. tattoos and yeah. yeah. So, um, this is just a really iconic early two thousands action movie. Feels like aside from. So his most memorable role ever is Saving Private Ryan, Giovanni Ribisi. But I feel like this is his most memorable role in the sense that everyone saw this movie and remembers. Like it, it's different because Saving Private Ryan, you remember for Tom Hanks, and and you remember for the character of Gio, yeah, not, not him. But I I didn't even remember that he was in the movie until we watched it recently. Whereas this movie, when I think about it, I really think of three people. Absolutely, it's, it's Angelina, it's uh, Nick Cage, and it's Giovanni Ribisi. It's not Raymond Calitri. Raymond Calitri. <laughs> Which also is another reason it's up there. It's got a sweet villain it's name. It's got a sweet villain. He's a really good villain name. He's a he's a woodworker. <laughs> Menacing. He's making chairs and murdering. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number 66. My actual, my favorite of the Bourne trilogy, The Bourne Supremacy, the second installment. Though it's listed here third. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, it's the, it's the low, it's the third ranked of the Bourne trilogy. Yeah, no, it's, it's my favorite. Though. I know, I'm saying it's yeah, crazy that it's your exactly. favorite. And, and, and the reason why is because you made a really good point is that this movie doesn't really need to happen. Aside I mean, from the death the of Marie. Death and what happens in the first minute or like five minutes of the movie. I mean, Carl Urban's sweet. The chase is awesome. Uh, the fighting with the rolled up newspaper is great. There's all these great things, um, things that made it a good sequel. But I think when you look at sequels, you got to talk about like John Wick 2. Yeah. You got to bring it to the next level. You right. got to really pump it up a notch. And, um, this didn't really do that. It just kind of did the same thing. The yeah. third movie does more. Of, it's just the better version of what this is trying to do. Yeah, and I think what's so what what shines so great about the first one and the third one are they're the extremes. Right. I don't know who I am. I know exactly who I am. Yeah. He's caught in the middle in the supremacy. And the it's second not one as is fun to watch. Second one is just an extension of the first movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the born supremacy number sixty five. We've got one of Andrew's favorite films of all time, Con Air. Yes. The Hummingbird. The Hummingbird. Put the bonnet back in the box. This movie is filled... This is one of the things I think is so funny about this movie and a lot of those... Th- the big cage action movies. There was a sense that the actors in these movies were doing quality films when they were doing them. Yeah. Like, they look back on them. Like, Michael T. Williams, who I just met from Heat, was like... He was in this movie, and this was like, at the time, like, oh, I'm going to be in another big, successful movie. I was just in Heat. Now I'm going to be in Con Air. It's like... Yeah. Con Air? Right. I mean, but at the time, <laughs> why wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Nick Cage, Academy Award winner. You know, John Malkovich blowing up like all you have the, the massive ensemble cast of these John people. Cusack Cole Meany John, yeah, Cole Danny Meany, Trejo Danny Trejo like Ving Rhames you've got a cast here yeah. you've got people in this movie and, and it's a big summer action blockbuster got the whole world yeah Basemi yeah. was so creepy yeah so creepy Um, it's fun it's so good. It's so ridiculous. Now. Cage's hair is phenomenal. It's yeah. the 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 lighting of this film is a little <laughs> ridiculous. There's just so many things about this movie that make it. Got to keep it out of our top fifty. Absolutely. Moving on to a very recent film, uh, John Wick Chapter Two, coming in at number sixty four. The John Wick franchise, just a wonderful surprise from Keanu. Just an absolutely incredible part of his career. So much fun to watch. This movie took the first movie and it elevated it to a point that it really did something special. Absolutely. I was watching uh, I was watching a behind the scenes on John Wick 2 yesterday and they were saying the only way you can make John Wick better, John Wick 2 better than John Wick 1, is you have to make Keanu better. Yep. You have to make him better as a shooter. You have to make him the best shooting actor in Hollywood. And he is now. Um like you said, they elevated it, which seemed impossible to do. It's like 30 minutes too long, but it it's is. a sweet movie. Yeah, there's only you can only see the same way to kill someone so many times yeah. before it kind of loses its value. Totally. Number 63, the very first Denzel-Tony Scott collaboration, Crimson Tide. 
And what do we say? What, what is it like? What do we call this ship? Go Bama! Go Bama! Roll, Roll Tide! Yeah, this movie's sweet. Uh, the explosions of emotion yeah. between Denzel and and Hackman when they're fighting over the control. Uh, Gandolfini, Vigo sweating. Sweaty Vigo's great. There's, there's just yeah. so many great things about this movie, and it's so cool to see both of them before they figured out who they were. Huge cast, Steve Zahn. Yeah, uh, Matt Craven. <laughs> Don't ever say Steve or huge cast and then Steve Zahn right afterwards. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, Hackman is just great. He's just like the relationship between Hackman and Denzel. The subtle conversations of racism that they're having about yes. the stallions. It's a great movie. It's there's so many great subtleties thrown in. It's like at the top of my list. Well, thank you, sir. It's a very short list. It's a very short list. Yeah. yeah. Um, next up, you've got uh, another Denzel Tony Scott film, and that is in Deja Vu, a movie that we decided to make a very strong statement about. I almost feel like if we would have done the rankings two days later, this might even be higher. Right. You and I both watched it again recently. Yeah. I, after we talked, I was like, I kind of want to go watch Deja Vu. It's I mean, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. Me too. It's really good. The he, first half. Here's what I think about Deja Vu. I think the first hour of Deja Vu is legitimately awesome. I think that movie is paced. Really well even things like when he first is at the crime scene he's calling and he hears the phone ring and he's confused yeah and then when he finds out that Minuti's car was brought in with the victim's cars there's like really good moments in this movie Denzel is like the smartest guy in the room that guy you shot yeah was my partner yeah his he's just great Denzel it's weird because in some ways I almost think that this is the best De- Tony Scott Denzel in some ways, it's like he's he's most enjoyable in this of the five movies. Man on I, Fire, Denzel's great. Yeah, I think the only reason that I disagree and say Man on Fire is because of the relationship between him and Dakota. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because of her. Not that Paula Patton's not good. I think she's phenomenal in yeah. this. I just think that there's something so endearing about the two of them in that. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know I love you. Or, you know, whatever he says. Creasy Bear, do you love me? Yeah. Um, yeah, Deja Vu's so good. It is a little... It is a bummer that... they If they could have just reeled in a couple things just a little just bit just throw in one more person in the car with him when he's doing the chase yep. make it more real you know like something yeah just some things in there that made it just a little bit falling off the cliff of absurdity brace yourselves I think you're about to witness a murder great great line yeah moving on yeah moving on number 61 either you refuel plane or plane crash yeah it's fucking Gary Oldman and Air Force One this was the first R-rated movie that I saw with my mom and it was because she loved it so much she let me watch it. This movie was a huge hit. It's really sweet. It's like totally entertaining. It was the first mo- first episode of the show we ever did. Yeah. The Air first Force episode One. ever with our buddy Matt. Um, and the reason we did it first is because you and I both really, really love this movie. Now, you and I regard it probably higher than a lot of people. It's Yeah, it's by most people's standards, I think it's kind of a throwaway action movie from the 90s. It's like a good throwaway action movie, right. but it's a throwaway. But like, Get off my plane. Yeah. And, you know, Gary Oldman. And then, of course, Xander Berkeley being one of the ultimate shit weasels of all time. William H. Macy's great in this movie. Yeah. Um, if you guys want a funny sight, go watch the episode. Andrew has a moon for a face. I do. I, it's amazing how much larger I was two years ago. Two years. I, I don't. You didn't even feel at the time you didn't feel large. No, two years ago I was like, I'm getting in shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. You guys will be blown away. Uh, Andrew went through puberty. I did. Um, so. Speaking of making comebacks, yeah. that is our next award, is the Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. Now, guys, this is someone that has had a great run in their career. They were super famous. They were A-list quality, 
and they kind of just fell by the wayside. The way that I kind of, I was talking about earlier how we have to define these awards. This is the one that's kind of more of like a within the last like five to ten years. Because mm-hmm. it's not, this is not just in reference to the two years since we started doing the show. No, not at all. It's really in reference to like probably more like 2010s-ish. Um, because each of the nominees who are. Yeah, or you could actually, even if not putting a date on it, you could even go to just these actors specifically and moments in their career. Yep. So, Comeback Player of the Year. The nominees are Charlize Theron for Mad Max Fury Road, Tom Cruise for the new just, Mission Impossible just for films, Tom Cruise, just being yeah. Tom Cruise and being loved by the world again. Yep. Gerard Butler for returning from his 300 fame, making two hit action films, and yep. finally Keanu Reeves for his two John Wick films. Yes, and the fans voted for Mr. Keanu Reeves in John Wick, which we. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, guys, how can you argue this? Like, you go through and you watch the training that Keanu's going through. The fact that he is... Look, if Tom Cruise is the best stunt actor in Hollywood, Keanu Reeves is the best firearm handling actor in Hollywood. Um, you go through and you watch the training, and and look, no one thought those movies were going to be as good as they are. No one thought those movies were going to be in the 90s. No one. It was insane. And the fact that John Wick 2 came out and it was just as awesome... Good for you, man. Unbelievable. So happy for you. Like, how many people could come back from playing Neo? Right. Oh, my God. And be something else. Yeah, he's got a pretty amazing run of characters. That was, I think, when we talked about this movie, we were talking about that thesis statement of who has the best run of characters they've ever played. Yeah, between, like, Bill and Ted, Johnny Utah, Neo. John Wick, yeah. John Wick. It's It's pretty amazing. Number 60, guys, we have the film that I saw the night my parents decided to tell me they were splitting up. Oh, God, I wish your dad was in here right now. (laughs) That's amazing. That's such a cool story. Well, not Not a cool story. It's it's, it's just an interesting (laughs) reference point. Uh, The film Ronin is number 60 on the list. Uh, uh, De Niro digging a bullet out of himself. Great car oh, so chase. Good. David Mamet. Um, Sean Bean. Yeah, this movie's sweet. This movie's totally sweet. It's it's just it's just aged a little bit. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as exciting as I remembered it to be, but it's a yeah. good movie. It's like the last... This is the last time De Niro was truly awesome in a movie. This was, this was it. This was 98. This was the end. Three years after Heat? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, moving on to number 59... The movie that I had the pleasure of making Benjamin watch for the very first time on the show is The Patriot. Uh, damn him, damn, him, damn that man. Damn that man. <laughs> you know the picture I pulled? Which one? It's Jason Isaacs. Yes, Jason Isaacs with his course. hair down. Because Jason's, Jason Isaacs as Tavington is one of the greatest villains on this show ever. Yeah. Uh, Heath Ledger is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just a very, very good movie. Um, it is a 90s action movie, though, still. Yeah, it's it like a 90s Hollywood-ized. action epic. It's, yeah. It's like a little long and a little ridiculous and it's like campy and but it's super entertaining and the cast is so sweet Tom Wilkinson and Chris Cooper yeah and, and he just I think another thing is that he plays a little too close to William Wallace a little too soon yeah and that movie suffered a little bit from that as well people yeah people were just like I don't know come on look we don't need to watch you do this again right so uh, we're about to get to a really interesting stretch here and I want to talk I want you to talk about number 58 okay um, which is speed the reason speed is so much higher than certain movies like, or not so much higher, but are higher than movies like The Patriot, Air Force One, Con Air, yeah. uh, Armageddon. Why is that, Ben? Well, there's a couple different reasons. First of all, speed is referenced frequently by people as one of the definitive action films of the 90s. Yep. It was spoofed and referenced by people for the next several years in a way that like, a lot of these other movies really weren't. Mm-hmm. Speed has kind of... The concept of a bus that can't slow down... Uh, they have to keep it above 50 and, and like that's what's exciting 
it's a really exciting concept. It was Die Hard on a bus. Exactly. It was Die Hard on a bus, and it was with someone else, and it was with an up-and-coming Sandra Bullock, Dennis Hopper being an awesome villain, Dan- Daniels being a dramatic actor. Yeah. they. I mean, also, like, taking taking Keanu from Point Break in 91, which was a big hit that people liked, and this was his return to the action genre just a few years later. And we always talk about actors maturing. Yeah. It's amazing how much he'd matured just from Johnny Utah to this. Yeah, this is his first legitimate action star role. Like, he's he's an action star in Point Break, but people expected that from him now, whereas back then, Johnny Utah was a surprise. People Mm -hmm. didn't know if he could do it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Speed is iconic. Speed is a a relevant movie and a quite quite good movie, actually. The pacing of it. Yeah, Speed's actually really good. Yeah. And, like, Daniel's dying, it just, it adds realness to it. Um, The last 20 minutes is unnecessary, but... Yeah, a little bit. So, moving on to our next film. uh, John Woo's maybe our favorite? It's definitely my favorite John Woo movie. it's Face Off. Face Off. At number 57. I'm Caster Troy! I'm Caster Troy! He's crying. Uh, So fun. This movie's sweet. That's Thomas Jane. That was a Thomas Jane scene. Yeah, Thomas Jane scene. And then also, like... This is another one where I was I was like, dude, we we I don't know, fifty seven. That's so high. Look at these movies. It's in front of. We've got movies that have Academy Award nominations. Do we? We probably do. Uh, that we've passed already. Um, look, it's in the nineties. Every bad action movie has an Academy Award nomination for something technical. Yeah, in the 90s. exactly. That's what happened. Uh, <laughs> this movie's in the nineties. Yeah, in its ratings. Um, Travolta and Cage are excellent. What's your favorite Sean Archer line again? Interception. Interception, yeah, it was just, <laughs> like like his delivery of that, yeah, the intercepted, like right after defuses the bomb is so good. Um, Trolls is so sweet in this. Yeah, he's a great bad guy. Yeah, he's great. This this was like part of his run in the nineties of just strictly playing bad guys. Broken Arrow was like a year later. It's so it, I will never understand someone that goes from being such a heartthrob to being a bad guy. Yeah, so quickly. Agreed. He's great. Fifty six is one that we really didn't know what to do with. Um, this is the nice guy, Shane Shane Black's film from last year. It's not really an action movie. No, it's not. It's just it's from the guy that did Lethal Weapon, and it's great. Is this movie? I died in you, the theater. You and I were like bellied over laughing for ninety percent of those movies in in the theater. Yeah, and it the thing is, is that it feels like the movies we do on the show, but without the action. Right. It just doesn't have the action in it. Um, so the nice guys. <sighs> It's taking two A-listers. It's taking this unbelievable, odd couple and right. just making one of the greatest movies ever. All like, the time. It's so funny. Yeah. it's it's. This was one of the funniest, most satisfying movies. I I haven't seen it a second time yet. You haven't? No. I've watched it a handful of times. Really? Yeah. It's just as good? Oh, absolutely. And if you just put in more action in this movie, it would just be a diehard. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, excuse me, a lethal weapon. They're so good. Overweight Russell Crowe, so wonderful. Almost as good as Fat Kilmer. Yeah, almost. Fifty-five is very close to your heart. Yeah, Tombstone. This is a this is a classic. People love Tombstone. I love Tombstone. Um, Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer, wonderfully. This movie is bloated and long, and doesn't need to be anywhere near as long as it is. And a lot of the plot lines are just. it's basically just Val Kilmer being awesome and a few other sweet mustaches. Yeah, there's some great great moments. Like, I mean, Russell with Billy Bob is awesome, but. This movie is where it's at because it is Val Kilmer's most iconic performance. Now, Heat is amazing. Yeah, he's, he's great so in that. But this character of Doc Holliday, yeah. every, everyone wants to be Doc Holliday. Everybody wants to be Doc Holliday. He's super sweet. And yeah. uh, he's and, and Kurt Russell's great. Great mustache. Paxton. You got Sam Elliott in this movie as well. Yeah, incredible ensemble. It is Sam Elliott, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Okay. Um, so uh, moving on from that one, we have the film that we just, we just watched. Uh, number... 
Well, uh, the film that we just watched, which was number, what, 99 on the show? 99 on the show, The Raid Redemption. It was the first foreign film we've ever done on the show. Um, in my opinion, probably the best martial arts movie that's come out in the last decade. I know that I might get crucified for that, but in my opinion, it is incredible. It's paced perfectly. You don't need to even speak the language or be able to read to enjoy it. Yeah, it's just straight action. It's just pure, rock-solid action. Yeah. And it's awesome. Um, I loved watching this movie for the first time. We it was, the, it's like the knife through the leg. Just oh, like there's, yeah, there's so many. Oh god. Yeah, exactly. Which is what you want out of sweet action martial yeah, arts movies. A lot of like ah oh, fist pump type of moments. Uh, moving on to number fifty three, we have the probably simplest action movie ever done by James Cameron in True Lies. Maybe the simplest movie ever done. Eh, well, Piranha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this movie, this movie is involved enough. You know, there's some pretty big stuff. It's got. Paxton in one of the great Paxton roles ever. Yeah. The most likable shit weasel of all time. Yeah. It's got Tom Arnold, just awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis looking smoking hot. Yeah. And then you've got Arnold and yeah. Eliza Dushku. Uh, and you've got Arnold <laughs> just being like, there's no way that guy's, what is he supposed to be? Uh, a computer salesman? Yeah. yeah. Something ridiculous <laughs> like that. It's just like him being a doctor in Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, look, it's amazing. For, for no reason other than just Bill Paxton, that would get it to 53. Paxton's the yeah. so good steals the show hilarious and such a shit weasel yeah this movie's great made tons of money it's the greatest missed sequel ever yeah um, number 52 we have Die Hard with a Vengeance my Simon favorite. Says my yeah. favorite Die Hard film um, him and Jackson are incredible together yeah they're really really good also also written by Jonathan Hensley the writer of Armageddon um, just a really really just genuinely super awesome movie um, love Die Hard with a Vengeance it it's the most, it's the best Die Hard movie other than Die Hard 1. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Die Hard 2 is throwaway, and then once you get into Die Hard 4s and 5s, they're just kind of goofy. I I remember 4 enough. That's the one with Tim, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, I like 4. And the Firewall. And, and Justin Long and, and Kevin Smith. Yeah. It's fine. Fire Sale, they call it. Or something. Yeah, Fire Sale. I haven't seen the fourth one in a long time. I didn't ever see the fifth one. That one's Live Free or Die Hard? That's, or that's the fourth one. Live Free or Die Hard is the fourth one. Fifth one is a good day you to die hard. You asked me that stupid question for trivia. <laughs> hate that you question hate, you hate, when we quiz each other in trivia you hate losing so oh, i hate losing in te- even when it's texting and like there's no cameras on you just yeah. like, you just ext- if you lose very competitive person. if you miss two questions you're like i'm done playing i'm done playing i don't, don't, don't want to play anymore. anymore i don't want to play this game anymore <laughs> uh die hard with a vengeance <laughs> genuinely sweet this yeah this is great I, I love this movie and number 51 guys this is a funny thing this is interesting because as you guys know, we have a lot of specialty episodes that we've done. Yeah, so we were trying to figure out the safest place to put this because we did an episode on Action Movie Anatomy once called Eight Movies We Wish We Could Do on the Show. Yeah. And we did a poll from those eight movies, and there was like a bracket, and you guys all decided to tell us uh, that the film that you wanted to watch us do. And those eight films, if I remember correctly, were The Truman Show, Jerry Maguire, The Weatherman, yep. Boogie Nights, Lord, um, Lord of the Rings Trilogy, Lord of the Rings Trilogy, Shawshank Redemption, and Sunshine. Yes. And we put them up, and we ended up doing the Lord of the Rings trilogy as an episode, a special edition episode, the nine great fist pumps of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Yep, uh, which will appear later on here. But this was basically where we wanted to put it, because it's, it's the end of part one, guys. We are going to break this after yep. this. We're going to do one more award, and then we're going to come back with part two for you. But this felt like the safest place to put this. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not fair for us to rank any of those movies, but it, we did want to acknowledge the fact that we love all those films, whether they're going to be on the show or not. Uh, most of them will not ever be on the show. Um, Sunshine, maybe. Sunshine, it was the only one that might be. Yeah. Yeah, so 
Yeah, we just wanted to talk about that. If you guys want, go and watch that episode. It's a, it's a little bit different than any of the other episodes we've done, but it's it's very fun. It's it's us passionately talking about movies that we love that we can't discuss. And on those are show. all films we will get to talk about extensively on Fist Pump Films Weekly when That's we get right. to doing that show. So watch out for that show, guys. Um, last but not least, for this first part, we have one more award, and this is a big one. It's a big award. It's a big one it's, to cap it off. Now with. we didn't put all the nominees in the category no. online, but we have a whole list of of several nominees for best villain. On action movie anatomy. Greatest action movie anatomy villain. There was eight nominees for this one. Yep. The nominees for best villain are Hans Gruber, Die Hard. Commodus from Gladiator. Davian, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Impossible 3. <laughs> Paul Cerrone, played yeah. by John Voight in Anaconda. The T-1000, played by Robert Patrick in Terminator 2. Uh, what yeah. the hell is his character name? Uh, Alonzo? Alonzo something? Alonzo something played by Denzel Washington in Training Day The Joker played by Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight The Bear played by Bart the Bear in The Edge and finally Vincent played by Tom Cruise in In Collateral collateral. with the final nomination B being Brigadier uh, General Francis X. Hummel played by Ed Harris in The Rock Rock. and as fans we knew this is what was going to happen you guys voted for Heath Ledger as the Joker in the Dark the Joker, Knight. Or as the Joker in the Dark Knight. A great, great vote. Unfortunately, we had to disagree. And, and s- your winner is <laughs> Brigadier General Francis X. Hummel in The Rock. Look, man, there's no one better than Francis X. Hummel for action movie villains. villains. He is just and true in his cause. He visits his dead wife at the beginning of the movie. I miss you so much. Look. We, I bluffed. They called it. Yeah. Look, call he, it what you wanted. We're up here, and you're down there. You walked in the wrong goddamn room, Commander. Ceasefire. And his death, the slow motion. Ah, unbelievable. It's been the greatest honor of my life to serve with you, General. He is just amazing, and 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 he's not evil. No, and he doesn't get nearly enough credit. We feel we feel that uh, Francis X. Hummel it gets passed over as one of the great action movie villains of all time. The greatest action movie villain of all time, and, and yeah, he gets overlooked. And I think that if you guys go back and watch The Rock, you will see exactly what it is we are talking about. Absolutely, guys. So thanks for listening to parts part one of the hundred films of action movie anatomy ranked, and our end of hundred awards. Uh, use the hashtag. AMA 100 to tweet your thoughts at us guys please like comment leave your thoughts in the comments below if you disagree wholeheartedly with any of our rankings if you guys want to follow along you can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram you can find me at Andrew Guy you can find the podcast at AMA Podcast remember guys we've got the top 50 coming up tomorrow those are uh, we got 50 more movies we also got the awards the female hero of the show the best director of the show the best hero the greatest episode and of course the show's MVP so come back tomorrow see you guys tomorrow and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. I would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 